folks. Welcome to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patrick. Two Feet Apart is a space for individuals to learn that language matters, that words mean things, that to embrace diversity means to practice inclusivity within the LGBTQ plus Indigenous, people of color, and Black communities. To embrace diversity means to provide accessible practices for those who possess visible and invisible disabilities. It's a space to place egos in the crevices of our beings in hopes of broadening mental horizons to foster growth. It's a space to fuel mindfulness. It's a space to emulate vulnerability in the sharing of our stories because our stories are our greatest strengths and our strongest powers, our superpowers. With that in mind, happy listening. Hello, Andrea. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? <laughs> I'm. Now that we've got the tech issues resolved, I'm great. Um, I'm so excited for you to be joining us. So you are a three-time best-selling author, podcast host, lifestyle coach, consultant, and speaker. Yes. So lifestyle transformation coach. Transfer- oh, I was yeah, so close. It's the transformation. It's the transformation. See, you, you've already transformed what I'm saying. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I know you because I've listened to your podcast. I've gone to your podcast event. That's kind of how we connected. Um, And then obviously we've been in touch in the space. But can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my gosh. That is such – I always like whenever people say, okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. It's such a loaded question because – Everybody who's listening to this show may know me, they may not know me, and I don't want to go on for like 500 hours about who I am. So I'm going to nutshell it real quick. So I am, uh, like you said, a lifestyle transformation coach. I am a coach and speaker who a lot of the work that I do really comes from my own journey and my own experiences. Um, And it's so funny to think that what started as like a passion has now turned into a business, probably started about four or five years ago thinking about actually doing something. But of course, it's been a passion of mine. Like wellness is kind of the space that I'm in. And it's been something that I've been really passionate about for a long time. Um, so I work with primarily women, also with people in, in speaking and also in having the show, I never know who's going to be taking in the information that I'm sharing. And I really think that everything that I do share on all of my spaces and in my talks are things that are applicable to, um, any gender, but, I really help people who want to live healthy, want to live well. And those are really vague terms, right? It's like, cool, you want to live healthy or you want to live well. Like, what does that mean? Um, Understand that wellness is not simply about what you put into your body and how you move your body, but it expands beyond that to the way that we take care of ourselves on a spiritual level, on a psychological level, the way that we're talking to ourselves, the way that we think about ourselves, how we grant ourselves rest, you know, what we're agreeing to, setting up boundaries like spirituality, so many things fall under the umbrella of wellness. And 
all things that I'm also discovering for myself. And I'm a person who likes to um, make a difference and who likes to create impact for people in a positive way. And so as I'm learning these things, I've really realized that I feel compelled to share that, uh, which I guess it makes sense why I have a show. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so in a nutshell, that's kind of like me and what I do and what I'm really excited about all the time. Amazing. I love it. Um, it's so funny because, yeah, like you said, when people ask me that, I'm like, I I don't know how to answer this. It's when I was younger and it was in job interviews, I'd be like, well, I have three dogs and so many siblings and whatever. <laughs> and then I started interviewing people as I moved into managerial roles and they start with like, well, I have this experience and I'm like, oh my God, have I been answering this wrong the entire time? To date, I still don't, I still have no idea. <laughs> I feel like it depends on the audience. It does. Exactly. Uh, Maybe bosses don't need to know about dogs, but we'd love to hear about your spiritual journey and (laughs) the passion and purpose because that's the whole concept of this. Um, I love it. And I think that the way that you speak about it really shows how much you care. Um, What's kind of a driving factor for you there? What, What motivates you? to keep going on the days that you're like, why am I doing this again? You know, it's so funny because this past Friday, um, I was at a launch event for the most recent book that I launched uh, called Body Bliss, a journey to body acceptance, which stemmed from an idea I had last year. And so seeing it come to fruition in this event alongside 15 other women uh, last Friday was pretty unreal. But somebody asked me that day, they're like, how do you do it all? Because I, I am a mom, (laughs) I am expecting another child. um, And I, I have all of these things that I do. And they're like, like, when do you sleep? How do you do it all? Um, And I don't know if you know much about human design. But I am a generator. So and honestly, I'm still getting into the realm of human design. So I am no guru, but what I understand about generators and about myself is that if there's something that makes you feel excited, that lights you up, that you're passionate about, you could energize or bunny that shit all day long. Like I could do that morning, noon, and night. And so if you're asking like what motivates me, it's it's the fact that I feel like everybody deserves to have the ability to live well. And we've been so conditioned through a variety of different ways to, you know, focus on the hustle, for example, and never think about rest Mm -hmm. or to think about ourselves and our bodies in a certain way because society says we should. Or like there's so many things that impact and cloud our ability to just be our authentic selves and take care of ourselves in a really holistic way. And again, as I'm learning on my own journey, I just, I feel like I need to tell people (laughs) what I know. So that's what keeps me showing up, even on the days when it's like, you know, I have this really valuable information to share and maybe I get some negative feedback or nobody says anything (laughs) about what I've said. Like I just, I feel compelled to keep showing up because I'm so passionate about wellness. Amazing. And so one of you, one of the things that you had said there was it's kind of, it stems from how we're conditioned and how we're raised and that kind of thing. Were you raised in an environment where this kind of thing was prioritized? Here's the thing. 
I feel like as people, we can only do with the knowledge that we have, right? So Mm -hmm. if I think back to like the way that I was raised, there wasn't a huge focus that that was put on um, eating well or, you know, self-care or uh, stress management or uh, spirituality, like all of these sorts of things weren't something that was really highlighted when I was younger. But that's also because like my mom didn't know any better. Like, again, you can only and, and there are times where she says to me, like, you know, I'm so sorry for if I ever made you feel like X, because in, in my book, I talk about um, or my first book, I should say. So my first book is you actually can do this, achieving a healthy lifestyle in spite of yourself. And in that book, I talk a little bit about my family, that like the family that I grew up in. And my mom is a very petite woman, like very, very, very tiny. Um, and I am not that. So I had my own internal dialogue as it relates to that. But just in some of the things that she didn't realize that she was saying, and partially, again, that's because of what what she was exposed to in her home, right? She, she you know, said things that maybe made me feel a certain way unintentionally. Um, And so now she's like, I'm sorry, you know, that you felt like that, or I didn't realize. And it's like, but we don't know how to do better until we have the information. And so I guess to answer your question, yes, but it's only because, and this is why I share, because like, we need the information to be able to do something with it, to have that awareness. Amazing. I was just speaking to someone about this whole concept that like it's it's okay if you aren't implementing something because you don't know but once you know then it becomes kind of your responsibility um and obviously that can apply to a lot more than just kind of wellness and things like that um i was talking about it in like a socioeconomic mm. kind of perspective but mm-hmm. i think it's really fascinating and i think it is really powerful to remember that um you know, we are a product of our environments and sometimes those environments aren't fully balanced in mm-hmm. all the ways that we need them to be because obviously it can't cater to every individual person. Um, yeah. But the cool thing is that we have the power and the ability, and this is a lot of what I talk about, um, in you know empowering people to reclaim their power and rewrite their own story if they don't like it. Like we have the ability to change that. Sure, we have been raised, uh, we're a product of our environment, but we can, once we have that awareness about, hey, like this isn't working for me anymore, like feeling like crap about my body and the way that I look and talking so negatively about myself, like isn't working anymore. So what can I do differently that's going to shift that subconscious programming that I have, which takes conscious effort every single day? Um to to have my reality be different and so we like we get to choose we just have to actually make the choice mm-hmm. and so when you made the choice how did you go about kind of building that education and kind of that knowledge in it so I would say it's really been like a series of small choices so okay I'm gonna go like back to the beginning so there was a moment in time when I was in college that I 
had some awareness around the fact that my body was growing in size. Like I was putting on weight um, and I was putting on weight quite quickly. And, you know, I had this moment where I, I talk about it in my book, I stepped on the scale and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's what the number is. And I had like this big emotional breakdown. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, I need to start being healthier. And at that time, again, because of only the knowledge that I had and what I was exposed to, it was like, I need to get skinny, really is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I joined like a fitness boot camp and I started really being mindful of what I was eating and consuming. And that led me to, to release 50 pounds. Then I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, which is really sad to think about, my first thought was I'm going to have to undo and allow my body to undo all of the hard work that I've done. So I did the thing. I had a child. I had a daughter. Um, And after I had her, I was like, I'm going to, as everybody always says, I'm going to get my pre-baby body back, right? So six weeks comes along. I'm cleared for activity. And I'm like, awesome. I'm going to get skinny again. Uh, and, and I'm like cringing as I even say the words because that's so far from my mentality now. However, giving myself grace where I was at that time. So I did. I I pursued fitness and movement again. Um, and I got to this place where I was happier with my, the way that my body looked. But I also started to realize that I was being watched. So I was being watched by my daughter who's growing up in a society that's full of messaging around bodies, but specifically for girls and women. I know, I, I know that um, people who identify as male also feel, feel that pressure as well. Um, But I just know what my own experience has been. And so I noticed that, you know, she was hanging out with me in the workouts and, and that sort of thing. And so it started to make me really mindful of the way that I was talking about the reasons why I moved my body or the reasons why I chose to not eat foods that don't feel me well every day. Notice even the language that I'm using, yes. like bad foods versus good foods, right? It, I just started to create more of an awareness around like Clara's watching me. And so the way that I talk to myself is going, she's going to see that. So I started speaking to myself more kindly. I started making conscious little, again, shifts and small changes to shift the way that I was looking at wellness. At that period of time, I was like, I really like this. I want to get more knowledge. So I did a holistic health coach certification. And again, you know, some people ask me, well, why didn't you go the holistic nutrition route? Because, and the reason is because I... I see the value of eating well, of eating foods that your body actually craves and needs to perform optimally. But I also started to understand the value of all of those other components that I mentioned earlier, like the way that you're talking to yourself, you know, the way that you're, what you're expecting of yourself. Is it reasonable or unreasonable? The way that you're managing your stress, um, the way that you, how do you feel about like the relationships that you're in and a part of, the friendships that you have, the partnership that you're in, 
like all of these things, how much joy do you have in your life? Like how many times a week or a day do you laugh or do things that make you happy? Like all of those things are equally as important. And I honestly just started exploring those things more and learning and expanding my social networks and people that I was following or connecting with. And all of those small shifts have kind of led me to where I am now. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, And is what you are doing now something that you would have envisioned yourself doing, say, 15, 20 years ago? That's a really good question. So I've always had this desire to help. So prior to working in the wellness space, um, I went to school for social services. So I've always wanted to help. Um, and and I worked in, I had this gravitational pull to crisis work for some strange reason, but I've always worked in crisis. So mental health crisis, um, you know, adults who are experiencing um, a really challenging time. And then I worked with kids who were in foster care. And then I worked with seniors, again, who were struggling with hoarding and who were in crisis with housing or income or whatever it is. So I've always been in the realm of helping, but I never saw it in this type of capacity. Like if you had asked me five years ago, if I would have written a book, I'd always kind of, it it had been like writing had been an interest that I had, but I would have never said like, I'm going to be a three-time published author. If you would have asked me if I would have like had a show or a podcast, I was somebody who struggled with public speaking. So like all of the, it's like my passion for helping has just transformed and evolved into this, like what I feel like is a massive opportunity to create some serious change on a, I I sometimes say global scale, which I know sounds wild, but like on a global scale of like wellness doesn't have to be beating yourself up every day at the gym and eating chicken and broccoli for the rest of your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? Exactly. I, uh, I always joke around and I'm like, fitness is not a personality trait. It's a good thing to focus on and to enjoy. But if you make it an all consuming thing, it's never going to be something healthy. No. And like as humans, we also go through like seasons, right? We go through seasons of our lives where, you know, we're really focused on the thing, whether it be like, you know, people will always say, I was doing so good for X amount of days and then I Mm -hmm. fell off the wagon, right? And, And it's like, well, maybe you were just in a season that it was easier to do that than in this season where it's not so easy. Or people will be like, if I could just look like I did when I was in high school, it's like, yeah, but you were like 17. (laughs) (laughs) I have to remind myself that. (laughs) And let's be real. Like I'm not immune to all of those thoughts, but I feel like now I'm at a place where like they can coexist. I can still feel those feelings, but also I'll give you an example. Like those thoughts still happen for me. So I was going through just last week, literally on the day that I launched a book about body acceptance. I was going through old photos because I was looking for um, some newborn photos of my daughter because I want to like do a gallery wall. And in this folder of newborn photos, there was a picture that I'd taken of myself 
when I was like seven weeks pregnant or something. And I was like so excited. And my first thought when I looked at that picture of myself was like, holy cow, look at how small I am. And I still have those thoughts, but I think that where I've grown is my ability to say, okay, Andrea, like, yeah, you, maybe you were smaller then, but also who cares? Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's the, it's the being able to shut down those subconscious thoughts that are there, like that have been there for so long. Um, And I think that that's part of it too, is just like being able to acknowledge how far you've come. And also again, bringing it back to the seasons thing, like we go through different seasons at different times. I mean, the pandemic has been so impactful for so many people as it relates to their wellness and their bodies. Let's be real. Like people will say that, you know, the quarantine 15, um, and you're, you're in a season of survival mode, right? Like you are experiencing a trauma and your body has responses to that. That's called like physiology. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we we don't give ourselves enough grace, I think, for the different seasons that we're in. Um, and I think that as a as a collective, like we need we need to just do that. Like we're so compassionate for other people. When people are going through a hard time, you know, we say to them, don't worry, like relax, kick back, whatever it is, like let me know what you need. But how many times, like when we're struggling, do we say to ourselves, like, let me know what you need, like just just take everything off your plate, all of those sorts of things. Like I got this. We don't do that. You're so right. There's so many things there that I wanted to touch on. And even just like for that last bit, I, and that's something I personally struggle with. I was raised with a very like, you need to work not only daytimes, but evenings and weekends, because that's how you get ahead. And you need to never take days off, even if you're sick, because you can push through when you're fine. Um, And God bless my dad for that because it gave me this incredible work ethic. But now, like, for example, my son has been sick for two weeks. I've been sick for the past week. We haven't been sleeping. And I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed that I'm barely getting work done. Mm -hmm. But then I don't want to take time off because I'm like, I'm going to miss more work. Like, it becomes such a cycle. And even, like, the way that you think about it is so powerful. Um, And then another thing that you had mentioned is just that, you know, when you look back on those photos and people think it's very complimentary to be like, oh, you're so thin or you look so skinny. And previously I used to be like, oh my God, thank you. Do I like, but now I'm like, that that's not really a compliment because in my experience, when I look back at pictures of when I was pregnant and when I first had my son, I was super tiny. Um, And I hid my pregnancy until I think until like a week or two before I had him um, publicly because I knew I was going to be a single mom and I just didn't want to and I'm young and I just didn't want to hear any public opinions. So like all my friends and family knew, but that was about it. Um, And so everyone was always commenting on pictures in which I like casually like hid my belly, um, how thin I looked and how great I looked. And it's because I was so terribly sick. I like was I I was induced a month early. Like I lost over 40 pounds from when I was full term to before I got pregnant. Um, and I was so incredibly miserable and unhealthy. And now because it's been like he's over a year old and I'm getting all those flashback one year pictures on my phone. I oh. keep looking. I'm like, oh, I was so tiny. But then I was like, but I was so 
so miserable and I was in such a terrible place and you can't, you know, you have to remember like, you know, not everyone has thinness associated with happiness. So now for me, I know that when I'm a little bit bigger, I'm actually enjoying foods that I like. I'm actually like having a flexible routine and not locked in my like high school intensive gym routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even like when people give those compliments of, oh, you're so thin, thin, I was thin. <laughs> You look like a dolphin. Uh, (laughs) You got some extra shark to you. It's really sexy. Uh, (laughs) When they're like, you're so thin or you're so fit. That's what I was going for. Um, It's like, that's that's not really the compliment that you're hoping it to be. And I really hope that that's something we can like start to to kind of unwind there. Mm -hmm. I I often say because people still are like very hung up on the before and afters or like if they're feeling really great. And and you know what? I'm all for if you're feeling really great about yourself, please do take a picture. Please do post it because you do deserve to, well, do whatever you want. But I'm very mindful about like if somebody posts a photo of say, oh, look at how like how much weight I've lost. Let's say that's the intention of the photo post. I'm very intentional to say like, wow, you look so happy yes. or you look so strong or mm-hmm. like, look at you, you're glowing, like those sort of things. Just taking that focus away, like to just taking the focus away from like the physical, because we are one of the, one of the authors this past weekend said that we are not our bodies. Like our bodies are simply just an extension of who we are. And we're so much more than the way that we look on the outside. There's this one um, technique, you can call it a technique, that I use uh, with clients and and people that I'm having conversations with as it relates to like if they want coaching or if they think they need to lose weight. I struggle in this space because people will come to me and they'll say, oh, it's not about weight loss, but oftentimes it is. But we have a conversation of like, okay, If you think that you need to lose weight on the outside, chances are you need to do some exploration on the inside. Like what is it about those 20 pounds or, uh, you know, going down a dress size, like chances are you're probably still going to feel the same when you're 20 pounds lighter on the inside. So the work that you need to do is not necessarily always on the outside, but it's more likely that it has to do with like the way that you're speaking to yourself again, the way that you're looking at yourself um, so much more than again, just like the number on the scale. Absolutely. Um, And I find that when you tell people that they're like, awesome. Okay. I understand. But where do I start? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people? So, I mean, I think two things. There's nothing wrong with being like, listen, I'm not really eating the way that I want to eat. I don't feel great because of it. And I'm not moving my body enough. And I don't feel great because of it. And I want to change that. I'm an advocate for that. I do that to myself sometimes. I'm like, ugh, I eat something or I've been eating a certain way for a period of time. And I'm like, I notice a difference in myself. And I kind of make that shift. So if, if, Losing weight is something that you want to achieve. It's okay to have a weight loss goal. I just always say to people, what is that goal attached to? Like, is it attached to if I get here, I'm going to feel 
like I have more energy because there's so many more benefits to um, eating well and moving your body than just weight loss, right? Like we know that your mood is improved. It's really good for like your cardiovascular system. It's good for sleep. It's good for energy. Like there's so many benefits and obviously your body's getting the nutrients that it needs. So it's performing better. There's a lot of perks to eating well and moving more. Um, but again, going back to like, what would you say to someone who said, would say like, well, where do I start then? If you want to change your eating and your movement, awesome. But also explore like, how do you feel about yourself? If I were to ask you like, how worthy do you feel of love or success or like, where is your confidence at? How accepting are you of yourself and your body? How, how compassionate, again, going back to what we said earlier around like grace and compassion for yourself. Like, do you beat yourself up a lot? Um, figuratively, <laughs> not literally, <laughs> but like, do you, do you beat yourself up? And like, what do you say to yourself if you don't, if you aren't able to accomplish something or if you're not able to meet a deadline or if you're, if you're really not feeling well, like, do you allow yourself the time to, to rest it, like all of these sorts of things. I, I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's because it's valuable, mm-hmm, <laughs> but yeah. I just, I think that like it's, it should be, we should be looking at more than just the physical body when we're trying to create change. Absolutely. And I think everything you said there is so incredibly impactful and powerful because each of the answers to those questions has a whole story behind it, right? And it comes back to everything we even previously discussed in terms of, you know, how you were raised, how you look at things, how society impacts you, what motivates you even. Um, and so I think that that's, that's a really good place for people to start and even just kind of reflecting um, you know, you don't even necessarily need to do the journaling and things like that, but just even if you just think of those questions. And I find that when I do that, I start to reflect those those changes in my like day-to-day basis. Um, sorry. Think, that's okay. I was going to say, I think something that is really often overlooked as well um, is like what you're consuming on a regular basis, not food, mm. but like media and people and conversations. <laughs> One of the authors at the book launch on Friday said something about like cutting out toxic people (laughs) from their lives. And I know that's a really cliche saying, but the reason that I'm bringing this up is because, you know, if you are feeling unhappy and you want to create some sort of change, what can be really helpful is, is taking like almost doing an inventory of like what you're, what you're taking in on a regular basis. So earlier on, you, you know, you asked, how I kind of got to this place. And and one of the things that I said was I looked at like what I was, who I was connecting with and who was kind of in my circle and my network. Um, those things really make a huge difference. Like if you spend your week, say really in the mindset of, of change and positivity, and then you get together with people on the weekend and everyone's bashing themselves and doing all these things that are like not good for their bodies that's going to, that's going to influence one, how you feel about yourself, but also like your ability to be successful. Same with like, I mean, we live in the age of social media, right? So same with like 
the accounts that you follow and Mm -hmm. the podcasts that you listen to, like the news articles that you read. Like we, yes, we have access to endless amounts of information in the virtual space, but we have the ability, again, going back to that, like taking your power and empowering yourself. Like we have the ability to curate our virtual reality um, to lift us up or to make us feel shittier. So that is something also that, that is kind of, like I said, often overlooked or we don't realize like those sorts of things. Cause we all do it. We all scroll and we sit and we, you know, we need to decompress in that way. But what are you taking in when you're spending that short or long decompression time? Amazing. Um, now I want to go buy all three of your books. <laughs> I I love it. And I truly wish we had so much more time. Um, I'm cursing technology right now because oh gosh, I know we both a, have, right? We production. both have kiddos oh to pick gosh. up. Uh, yeah, that was a whole thing. But in the sake of our babies that we have to go, uh, go cuddle. Um, what about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? I think what's really important for people to hear is that like, I'm just Andrea, like I'm just a regular person who just decided that like my reality in this way, like it wasn't really working for me. And I didn't even acknowledge it in that way. I was just like, I don't feel good. Like something needs to change. Um, And then I over the course of like the person that you're seeing today was not the person who started this process, but over the course of like the last four, five, six plus years, I've done small things regularly to get me to this place. So if you're feeling like you're unhappy with the reality that you're currently living, do some exploration, reach out to, to people around you that that you are inspired by, that motivate you, that make you feel better and that you know will be there to listen. Um, Because anybody can do anything that they want to do. And I'm literally just a woman who decided, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, I am going to have to have you on for a part two, I think. Anytime. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for having me. This is really nice. I know we've been trying to get this going for a while and life got in the way, but here we are. Right. We made it. <laughs> we right. did. 